Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. It is Brad and John, and it is BJShow.co. I don't think I screwed up once this morning, did I, Jeff? John? No, we, got, we nailed it every time, Brad. Man, what the world's going on, right? Uh, you know, did you... Talking to just real briefly of the national political scene, this thing with Nevada, I'm confused. Why do they have a primary and a caucus? Explain that to me. You know, we talked about me. that before, and I wasn't, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly why they did it. Well, I, I've never heard their rationale for it, but I did see what was the number Bob Onder tweeted this, in fact, yesterday, and, and that Bob just tweeted, ouch, and he showed how poorly Nikki Haley did. Among <laughs> in that in that primary. Well, supposedly they have it on the ballot, which they've they've been talking about doing this in other venues where you can say none of the above, <laughs> and supposedly yeah, yeah. none of the above won. Where it was her, and essentially it was just her, and people essentially she lost to nobody. I mean, yeah. how do you lose to nobody? You know, if well, but I mean, but that's reflective of the Republican primary electorate, don't you think? Like, and look at. Again, we've talked about this before. This is this is Donald Trump's party. The Republican Party of of Mitt Romney in 2012 or John McCain in 2008. It's a it's a wildly different party than it was back then. Well, you know, things change. Um, I, I I don't understand a lot of things going on. <sighs> okay, uh, St. Louis story yes. about Webster University. Have you followed much of this Webster University story? All I know is there was enough mismanagement, and at first the idea was, hey, there's stuff going on. We can't really talk about it. And then it's like, yes, everything was horribly mismanaged. Well, I guess the thing that bothers me, someone sent me something recently, and I have this stuck in my mind that if you're a not-for-profit, that you should act like a not-for-profit. And it was a little meme that somebody – because. I, I, I talk about this all the time, and one of my friends sent me this little meme, and it was a picture of the guy who is the president of the ASPCA, the American Society of uh, uh, what Protection of Cruelty prevention to Animals. Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Right, okay. And essentially, the it showed a guy, it says, hey, you know, he made a million dollars last year. When you're thinking about, you know, donating money, don't don't donate it to the ASPCA. Donate it to your local shelter where they yes. can, they will same use. Same thing with not to interrupt, Brad, but same thing with HSUS, Humane Society of the United States. Right. It's the same type of mentality. Right. Huge organization, and I guess the thing that always bothers me is you see this right now, and you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the situation with the National Rifle Association. Yep. Not yep. once. During any of these debates or anything I have heard from anybody on Fox, 
I do go and look at CNN. You know, almost every day I check out CNN. I check out MSNBC. You don't ever see the NRA mentioned anymore. Whereas you go back in the 2020 election and for sure in the 2016 election, the NRA was brought up all the time because those were one of the groups that were they were very strongly behind Trump. The NRA has been essentially neutered by two different things. First off, by Letitia James, the same lady that's going after Trump. She's the attorney general in New York. Um, she's the same one that uh, that went after the NRA. And at one point in time, the NRA was incorporated. Their not-for-profit was incorporated in the state of New York. And she was trying to get their, their incorporation voided. And at one point in time, the NRA was actually talking about declaring bankruptcy and reincorporated in Texas, where I believe they're located at right now. But the point being that... When you look at what happened with the NRA, I, like a lot of people, once again, I used to be an NRA member, not anymore. It just got to the point where you saw what was going on, and there was the money that the executives were making, and they had a corporate plane, and they were paying them this and this kind of bonus. It's like the thing I read the other day talking about, and once again, this is not meant in a nasty sense, but um, <clears throat> those of us in the radio business are following what's going on with this Odyssey bankruptcy. Odyssey owns CamoX and Y98 and KZK and 97.1, and... There was an article, I don't know if we talked about this on the air or not, I don't think we did. There was an article that talked about that all the executives are getting bonuses. And I'm yeah, going, yeah. And I'm going like, okay, now hold on a minute now. They're for, in bankruptcy, well <laughs> right? What are they doing? And the idea was, well, they're getting bonuses for them to stay because when the bankruptcy ends, they don't want to have a brain drain. The idea being that all the people that know what they're doing, the CFO and the chief operating officer and the CEO, and you know that they need those people to continue to run the, 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 the station. Now, what happened with was with the two other big bankruptcies in the radio industry, hold on, I'm going to clear my throat, iHeart and Cumulus, the CEOs essentially who were there before the bankruptcy went through the bankruptcy and are now the, still the CEOs. So, wow. so they, you're keeping the same leadership on that well, got you in that fix in the first place. But I think part of it was that with both cases, I know with the with the, the lady her, her lady in Cumulus, her name's Byrne. I can't remember her first name. It might be Nancy Byrne, B-E-R-N. And um, she was... A lot of people criticized her when they hired her because she's not a media executive. She'd never been in the media business before, but she was very skilled in corporate uh, maneuverings and things like that. She was a, she was like a C-suite kind of person. And the reason they brought her on was to, A, try to avoid going into bankruptcy and trying to manage their debt, and B, if they did go into bankruptcy... Um, she would be the one who would be able to lead them out of it by her her techniques that she used, the tactics, whatever you want to call it, by that she knew corporate wise, and she's done a really good job at that. And the same thing <clears> with the same thing with with Bob Pittman, who is the CEO of of iHeart. Once again, he was the guy going in. They brought him on board to try to straighten iHeart out. Uh, unfortunately, the debt was too much for him. The, and and keep in mind, you know, the economy changed, and you know, revenue went down, and all the a worst case scenario. And he's essentially, you know, been a good steward of the radio business in, in his little corner of the world in iHeart. And since they've come out of bankruptcy, they've done quite well. And to the point where you wonder if that's going to be the same thing with iHeart, I mean, with, with Odyssey. Sometimes when these companies go through bankruptcy, when they come out, it's a different company. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody's gone, you know, fire all. I mean, that that happens a lot in our industry, especially at least it used to. It's, I can remember there was a station and I won't mention the, the owner's names. Uh, a new owner came in 
And matter of fact, the uh, they had a conference room that had a, a door on each side. And an announcement was made over the PA system in the in the office that everybody was supposed to line up at the one door at the conference room. Let's say the front door of the conference room. And the new owners sat at a table. And as you walked in, they asked you what your name was. And they looked you up at a sheet. And they essentially handed your you, your termination papers and handed you your final check. And then you left the wow. other door. And as you walked out the other door, they took your keys and everything away. And you were done. And that's the way they did it, you know. I mean, and they, HR department. That was um, I, that. That's some great planning, you know. Uh, who knows? I mean, have you ever seen the movie? Um, was up in the air the one that supposedly was well, was oh, the par- Clooney one? Yeah. yeah, no, I've never seen. Was it. partially shot here in St. Louis. Yeah. It, it's interesting movie. He's he play, plays the guy. This is what he does. He goes around. He fires people, and that's that's the job. His company is is they're essentially they're the hatchet men for all the big corporations. If you you have a big corporation, you need to let go of a whole department in Toledo, Ohio. George Clooney would fly into Toledo and he'd fire everybody, and you know yeah. do it sort yeah. of like mercilessly to the point where, hey, and, it's my and, job. I'm sorry, go ahead, Brad. No, I just, he would say, just say, hey, it's my job. And we, what we see now, and if you see these on, if you've seen these on Instagram, or a lot of people have probably seen them on TikTok, there's a, a trend, I'd at least call it a mini trend, of especially Gen Z folks recording their firing live and then playing it back. Now, obviously, each of these videos gets between hundreds of thousands and millions of views because there's something about watching misfortune happen to someone and then watching some of these employees, you know, talk back to HR or or get an attitude back with HR. But it, it does give a window into how the insensitivity of some of these processes, even in 2024, how heavy handed some of the layoffs can be. Yeah, and it's 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 sad. And the the problem is that I get it that companies are in business to make money they're not not for profits uh or at least they shouldn't be and but sometimes you know it comes down to the fact that when you lose your job i mean sometimes i mean i I still still think back and this is a terrible thing for me to bring up but it had such an impact on me sam caputo one of the engineers who worked at emmis which was the station that used to own casey or the company used to own casey and 97.1 and what they own they own a bunch of other stuff and uh New owners came in, and uh, uh, Odyssey came in and took over Keishi, but yet uh, Sam Caputo, who was the chief engineer, didn't have a job. And Sam ultimately was very upset about this, and one day drove down to one of the transmitter sites and shot himself and killed himself. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, that was, that was incredible. I mean, that's the, that's the side of, of, of corporate restructuring that you just, it just makes you think, like, man, why in the world? You know, and and once again, the problem with Sam was that that he was the corporate chief engineer for Emmis, and now Emmis, for the most part, is totally out of the radio business. I think they sold their last stations off in in uh, they were headquartered in Indy, and I think they've sold almost all their stations in Indy. They they still have partial ownership for a couple stations in New York, and I think they're selling that as well too. Sort of sad, sort of sad. Um, anything you got going on as we wind the show down here? Hey, I. I sent Brad. I sent. You, I don't know if you happen to have the slide in front of you, but I thought it was. It was. You're. You're a fast food aficionado, and I thought it was interesting on Monday's earnings call for McDonald's, which you would. Which you would assume that that you know McDonald's serves people of all economic spectrums, and then especially a lot of folks with lower income might take the kids to McDonald's. McDonald's talked about price pressure, and especially how much cheaper it is for their customers to eat at home versus eating at McDonald's. And there's a really unique slide 
that I, I, I sent to Brad and it's from the, the research firm that I listen to every day, which is Hedgeye Risk Management. They had a really interesting slide show, based on CPI numbers showing what the McDonald's CEO is talking about, which is that for a lot of low income folks, if you have a choice between stopping at McDonald's after school and getting the kids a happy meal and getting yourself a burger or a soda, it's way cheaper with today's grocery prices even to feed yourself and your kids at home rather than go to a fast food restaurant. Well, it's funny you should mention this because the show that's going to come on right after us, uh, the uh, Armstrong and Getty show, one of the two guys, I can't remember which one, was talking about this, that he went to Wendy's recently and bought a Baconator, just the sandwich, and it was like $11 plus tax. Yeah. And you're going like, okay, fast food, $11, you can go to... A sit-down restaurant. I mean, for not that much more, you can go to. Well, like for example, if you go to, uh, I guess one of my another one, one of my favorite places to eat, Cybergs, locally owned and operated here in the oh, St. Louis yeah, area. Oh yeah, for sure. You can go to Cybergs, and for fifteen dollars, you can have a really good hamburger, and they'll give you either French fries or on, onion rings on the side. It's fifteen bucks, you know. Yeah. And, and and to the point where, but still, there are deals to be had. I still do the biggie bag thing. They got rid of the four for four at Wendy's, but they still have the biggie bag, and for five bucks, you can get. A junior bacon cheeseburger. You can get French fries. You can get f- uh, four chicken nuggets and a drink. And for four bucks, it's like okay. But by the f- the flip side, of that is most of the value meals, most of the meals at Mickey D's. I think the cheapest one on there is like seven ninety nine now. And yeah, if, I think a Big Mac meal is pushing ten dollars. If you get and, and that's where you get into. And the guys on that I listened to on the call, Keith McCullough and these guys were talking about. First of all, he Keith was talking about the fact that if you go to a Five Guys and you take your kids to Five Guys, you're not getting out of there spending less than fifty dollars. Well, if you go to the you know the new place that everybody, oh my God, Shake Shack, I've been oh, to the gosh, I've been yeah. to the one right there, one seventy Ladue. I I think I ate there twice. Okay, once again, hamburger, French fries, and get this, no refills on the soda. That's something that's even McDonald's is doing. You know about this? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did hear this. Yeah, Mc- that you can't do that anymore. Yeah, McDonald's is going to ultimately move all the soda fountains where you go there. When, if you order at the counter, you they will give you, you know, whatever you want, what soda you want. And the way it is for has been for a long time, they give you a cup and, and you order what size soda you want. And you go over there and you fill it with ice at the machine and you put your soda in it. Well, they're getting away from that where they're going to move the soda machines back into the back so that when you order... If you want a refill, you have to pay for it. If yeah. you know, so in other words, the idea being is it's not endless soda because some people go in there. You know how it is. I mean, if it's free, hey, just keep you know filling a cup up. You know that kind of stuff. But um, matter of fact, and the McDonald's has changed. There have been a couple different things. McDonald's has changed to the point where a couple of ones that I go to, you no longer see into the back anymore. They've redesigned them so that when you come up, you don't see the kitchen anymore. Which I'm thinking to myself, okay, wonder why they're doing that. You know, I mean, yeah, well, you know what? I mean, to me, on infrastructure wise, if I'm building one, I think that as we go to more robotics and we go to even slightly more automation, you don't want people saying that their food is being prepared by some kind of a robot. Well, Mike Eckhoff, uh, Mike, Mike Eckhoff, wrong, wrong Mike, Mike Otten, who is a listener to the show, who's uh, one of the uh, people who helps me out with the radio station, he sent me a thing, interestingly enough, recently that, that, uh, um, White Castle has gone with the automatic French fry machine. They're trying one in Chicago, and I think they—I think the article talked about that they're going to roll it out in some of the restaurants here in St. Louis, where essentially it would do the French fries from start to finish. In other words, it'll—it'll it'll, you know nice. put the, the 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 you know the fries before they're deep fried into the I guess at the the fryer basket, and then it would 
dip it into the oil in a precise amount of time, and the machine monitors the temperature of the oil to be within plus or minus a couple degrees, and then at the time it comes out, it shakes the oil off, it then moves the thing, dumps it into the tray, puts uh, puts salt on it. I believe it actually puts them in the in the packages as well too. So I don't know. Who knows? Just a limited amount of time until you and I are replaced by robots, Brad. Well, you know, some people would say that might be a good idea, right? <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for us. Coming up at the end of the show, uh, check out johncombest.com, C-O-M-B-E-S-T, johncombest.com. Check out bjshow.com. Co, uh, where what we do is uh, we put all the things we do the entire show. We put like a a segment uh, sheet on there that tells you what segment uh, it, we talked about what, and then there's the three different parts of the show. And then you can also go on to YouTube and listen to the episodes there if you don't mind watching a static picture of our logo. That's just fine. John, we will talk again tomorrow. See you guys Thursday. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?